J.C. Corcoran Podcast. The battle is on to keep shoppers and their money in St. Charles County and out of St. Louis County. Tomorrow, two developers are expected to disclose details about an 80-acre shopping center to be built at Highways 40 and DD in O'Fallon and feature big box retailers as anchors, small shops, outdoor dining, construction on the center it's called Megan's, the Village. Megan, yeah, I can sparks laugh because you, you said big box and double D in the same sentence. <laughs> and Sparks is like doubled over over here. Look at this. Look at her face. When she gets up, look at her face. Dirty look girl. Up. Look up. Get up. Get up. Get up. I have water in my mouth. <laughs> big box. I'm sorry, that's very immature. Big box store at Highway 40 and Double D. I'm a grown woman. I shouldn't be laughing at things mm-hmm. like that. Yes, you should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're getting more and more like a guy I'm every day. I'm getting filthy. And yeah. you know why? Look at yourself. It's because of you two, okay? <laughs> How'd I get in this? No. I just read the damn news. <laughs> it's because of you boys. And I'm like... I'm but turning. See, I'm turning see, into a man. See, but now you start laughing at stuff that doesn't even make us laugh. <laughs> you were the only one laughing there. All of you three are like, eh, well, whatever. Double D. And I'm the Big first box. one who thinks. But JC, it's good to know we have backup. <laughs> yeah, I'll point it out if you miss it, uh, boys. That was dirty. You should be laughing. Okay. Like uh. immature little boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm. I'm filthy. It's terrible. And that was said. It depends on your perspective. <laughs> Seven nineteen, JC. Shut it, Carl. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. You got that one. You got to play that one. She's gonna punch Carl in the mouth or whatever it was. You do it, and I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> there's one. Yeah, there's one sequence oh, there where Sparks really is angry. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of thought. Come here, you little bastard. Oh. You shut your face. Do it, Carl, and I'll punch you in the face. Yeah. Yeah. So how about shut up and move on? If you ever shut up and go to commercial break, you come over here and I'll show you. Well, we sat here for five minutes talking about balls. It would be boner. Oh, well, it's been a while since I've had my bones shaved. Hey, yeah. my boob's hanging out. Things are going to change around here, boys. Jen's going to have her boobs hanging out. Maybe we should have sex in the car. Carl, I like your ass. Cotton candy can be sexual. Oh, God. Don't do this to me. Hey, Sparks, put your finger in this. Yeah. I was just yeah, going to say, really. your whole head's only nine inches. He likes his poles hot. I um, see your hump. Jenna, tell you. Your junk is going to be touched. I'm going to like it. I'm going to like it. I swear I am. That hurts me. Lightweight. Love toy. Should I just put in sex swing? I just looked over and somebody was being spanked. They can tap me all they want, but it's not coming out. So they can tap me for money. Do something with your tongues. Don't tell me it's warm in your pants. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I like that shirt she's got on too. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, oh my god. god, that's terrible. <laughs> and she turns thirty in eighteen days. And I'm acting like I'm twelve. That's wrong. We raised you like our own. <laughs> oh jeez, I hope my dad's not listening. <laughs> He's heard it. <laughs> oh, I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're a teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before. It's like. Well, that was worth the wait, wasn't it? We didn't do a podcast yesterday because 
I've been battling this laryngitis, but man, that was worth waiting for, huh? As we're back with the J.C. Corcoran podcast for Friday, September 29th, 2023 here at com. Poor Sparks, I got to send her a link to that and also to John and Carl and Lori Mack. Everybody in on it. It's called Context, ladies and gentlemen. It's called Context. Well, by now, you've probably gotten the word that Diane Feinstein has died. She was 90. They were trying to get her to resign, and she wouldn't resign. She then pushed around in a wheelchair, looking more and more frail. And uh, finally, this morning, she checked out, so that's it. And if you're wondering, how the hell do they get all this eulogy stuff? How do they get these obituary pieces on the air that fast? Because they basically made the announcement she was dead, and the next thing you know, you got this entire three four minute long retrospective that the networks are already running how do they get it together that fast well that's a dirty little secret in the news business and in the 24-hour cable news business they have obituaries in the can as they say meaning stored away and ready to go at a moment's notice when somebody checks out jimmy carter turning 99 this weekend he's been in hospice for like the last six months the network's All of them. They all have their obituary pieces already recorded. And they can just update it. They can tag it with something. Jimmy Carter was 99. You know, they can just add that later. But 99% of the piece is already done. And I guarantee you, if you're famous, you've got an obituary in the can waiting to go. It's not just the old people, you know, like Trump and Biden and stuff like that. Name a star. George Clooney, Julia Roberts. You know, Brad Pitt's crossing the street, gets hit by a bus. They'll have his obituary on in five minutes because it's already finished. The local stations don't really have that, but the networks do. You get a job as an intern at, I don't know, ABC News. That's the sort of stuff they have you do. All right, here's all the list of people. Put Lady Gaga. Get a get a Lady Gaga obituary ready. And the intern's thinking, is Lady Gaga about to die? And they're like, no, dummy. But if she does, we have to be ready. Talking about Jimmy Carter and uh, stuff like that. We only do politics here on the podcast when it's absolutely unnecessary. People have pointed out to me that I didn't do anything with the uh, response, I guess you would say, or even playing highlights from the Republican debate the other night. So let's fix that right now. This is my favorite part of the Republican debate the other night. Then you're crazy. I know you are, but what am I? You're a nerd. I know you are, but what am I? You're an idiot. I know you are, but what am I? 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 Infinity. Not far off. Not far off. Thanks for everybody who has been sending me messages involving treatments and cures and ideas to treat laryngitis. This is going on two months now where I keep losing my voice. And it's so bad that by the time I finish the radio show at 10 o'clock and go to record the podcast, which publishes at 11, a lot of times I'm hoarse and I have very little voice left. And we've had to, in fact, cancel the podcast a couple of times. We didn't do one yesterday. We'll have one for today, one way or the other, even if I end up sounding like B. Arthur for the entire podcast, but um, I've been to a couple of different doctors, got a new ENT the other day, and he ran a little camera in there and started looking around, said that one of my vocal cords looks a little bit damaged. They also think there could be some acid reflux involved, so they had me on some medication for that. I'm back on steroids, which is interesting because initially I thought it was the steroids for some treatment I was having for something else that was causing the laryngitis. So here we go back on steroids again. 
Every morning before I do the show, my wife makes me pee in a cup. What the hell's going on? She's working with the Russians. I knew it. For the first time in my life, I'm drinking tea, which just appears to be very, very hot, brown, awful-tasting water. I still can't believe tea has survived all these years. You go to a 7-Eleven, and there's about 200 different choices for drinks. And if you go in the average person's house, there's probably at least 10 or 15. You got Coke, you got Diet Coke, you got carbonated water, you got straight water. I've got some sports drinks, you know, some Gatorade, something like that. You got whiskey, you got tequila, you got vodka, you got orange juice, lemonade, white wine, red wine. You got all that sort of stuff. And somehow, after all these years, with all of these hundreds of choices, there's still people drinking tea, which is hot, brown, awful tasting water. But desperate times require desperate actions. And then he's like, oh yeah, put a lot of honey in too. Honey, which is bee spit. But I plan on winning the Powerball tomorrow night for $925 million and I'll just have a new throat installed. No, I was just talking about this the other day. If crabs and lobsters can go up to a crab and just break one whole arm or both arms off, take them home, fry them up and eat them, you come back and that crab next year has two new arms. Now, we're all made from the same DNA, so you would think that at some point, scientists, doctors would be able to figure out a way for us to do it the same way the crabs and the lobsters do it. And, you know, you got a bad arm, it just grows back. I just did a story this morning on the radio show on 101.5, 101.7, kwolf.com, about the fact that scientists have figured out a way to grow new teeth. First human trials are going to start next summer. They're hoping to have it on the market by 2030. You lose a tooth? You just grow it back. Now, if you can regrow teeth, you should be able to grow arms and legs, and then why not a new liver? I don't think I'm dreaming here. I think they're going to do it. Now, since we did a new podcast yesterday, this actually goes back to two nights ago when Joe Buck appeared on Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. Now, I take the high road on this. Joe and I were very, very good friends for a very long time, and it was about, I don't know, eight or nine years ago, Joe stopped talking to me. It wouldn't have anything to do with me anymore. But like I said, taking the high road here. I like Joe. I think Joe is a fascinating guy and a good play-by-play man. I think he's a good person. He just is one of those people who gets his panties in a knot really, really easily. And I'm still not even really sure what it was I said or how I said it. But he went over the edge and he didn't want to do anything with me anymore. But anyhow, so he's on Celebrity Wheel of Fortune the other night. はい、ジャックイズヒアイエスサンキューメンイズモーエミーズデンウォーディアバウトエイトオブサムサムライクダイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイアイ
It's a top 10 hospital, and I'm proud of everybody that walks into and more importantly, out of that building. You know, the, the worst anyone's going to do in terms of the charity is win $30,000 tonight. So relax, have a good time. That's the main thing. Grab those devices again. We're going to do our second toss-up now that I have a new player next to me. <laughs> um, movie title is the category. And uh, ring in when you know it. Wait for me to call on you. And it's Brenton. Almost famous? Yeah, that's oh. it. I'd love to clap. I would love to clap for you, but I, 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 I'm envious. We're it's, just starting. It's, it's very early. Joe, did you have a good time first? I had a blast. Uh, is it over? <laughs> no, I, I, need, I need to clean something up. <laughs> I, when I said I gushed about you, but let's be honest, the real star of this show is Vanna White. Oh. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. I, can, I, can I talk about your dad a minute? Yes, uh, please. Uh, Jack Buck was the greatest. And uh, what, so when he talked with you about this business, I mean, forgetting father stuff, which I'm sure he did plenty of, was he an advice giver or did you just no. pick up stuff from watching how yeah, he Yeah, I mean, I grew up the ideal childhood. I sat in an empty chair in the broadcast booth when I was a kid. I was in every National League city by the time I was 12. It, yeah. was, it was awesome. As great as you are, you're the second best Buck, and I don't think you mind my saying that. I completely agree. My mom is wonderful. <laughs> he did it again. Yeah. Quite the bromance going on there between Pat and Joe. That's okay. Pat's a great guy to talk to. You know, we had him in the studio all the way back in like 84 or 85. A lot of people will remember that. Somewhere along the line, he made a right turn. He's hard right political now. Big Trump guy. That's the way it goes. You win some, you lose some. Well, it's going to be an emotional weekend for a lot of people, most people, Cardinal fans, this weekend. Cardinals lost their 90th game of the season yesterday in Milwaukee, 3 to nothing. By the time you're listening to this podcast, it could be over for the Chicago Cubs, who about three weeks ago were breathing down the backs of the Milwaukee Brewers. They were only a game and a half out of first place. And now, I don't even want to look. The Cubs had a terrible two weeks. And depending on what happens here over the course of the next 72 hours, Cubs are either going to get in or not get in. I only mention that because I take so much heat about still being a Cub fan, but I've explained this a million times. So let's make it a million and one. Let's say it's you, okay? Let's say it's you, and you spent the first 30, 35 years of your life in St. Louis, diehard Cardinal fan. Now, through things that are out of your control, you have to move out of St. Louis, probably something job-related, maybe family-related, and you have to move to San Francisco. Now, you're there a year or two, and you're still following the Cardinals, but now you're thinking to yourself, you know, my friends, my neighbors, the people that I've met here in the Bay Area are all going out there to the ballpark, and they seem like they're having a good time, and gosh, they're winning a lot of games, and it's sort of exciting out there, and let me just watch a game or two and see, and then the next thing you know, you go out to the ballpark, and you have a really good time, and now it starts getting in your blood. Now they win a division, maybe they win a World Series, and now you're really into it, and you're following both teams. You're still following the Cardinals like you always did, but now you're following San Francisco too. It's the same thing with me, but there's a, an additional benefit to following two teams, two teams that historically do really well in postseason. I hate 
having the month of October being baseball-less for me. So I follow two teams, and usually either the Cardinals or the Cubs making it a postseason. Now, that may not happen this year because, like I said, the Cubs have really bitten the big one here for the last couple of weeks, so it might not happen. But if it does happen, it proves my point. And there's something else in this too. I've been preaching this for quite a while now. Let's just say you're following a team that makes it into postseason. Let's say it is the Cardinals. And let's see, they go all the way to the World Series. Now, it's maybe game six, game seven. You're already into the first week of November. Now, let's just say they win the World Series that the Cardinals have done so many times. Now, the victory parade is probably late in the second week of November, maybe even into the third week of November, you're having your victory parade and your celebration. The next thing you know, it's Thanksgiving. The next thing you know, it's Christmas. And the next thing you know, it's spring training. So having a team that makes it as far and as deep into the playoffs as possible shortens winter. And that can only be seen as a good thing. Anything that shortens winter is good. But I'll tell you one thing, whoever makes it into the playoffs, good luck against Milwaukee because, you know, in a short series especially, you've got Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. Good luck. Milwaukee and Atlanta are great baseball teams. They really are good. This Chiefs thing has gotten way out of control with Taylor Swift. And it's not going to get any better this weekend because the game's in New York. They're playing against the Jets. Taylor Swift is going to be there. By the way, Lauren Michaels at NBC haven't missed a trick. On Saturday night, they're re-running the Travis Kelsey-hosted Saturday Night Live show. No Taylor, but plenty of Travis. And I just want to prove a point here about Chicago teams. Okay, the Bears, how bad are they? So Denver last weekend got hammered. Their defense gave up 70 points last Sunday. The D gave up 70 points. And you know what? They're going into Soldier Field, the home field for the Chicago Bears. And Denver is still the favorite in that game. That's a bad team. Chicago Bears. If you've ever been to a baseball game in Philadelphia or a football game in Philadelphia, you know this probably isn't a really big thing. A Phillies fan wasn't allowed to bring his emotional support alligator to a game. But like I said, if you've ever been to a game in Philadelphia, I'm sure that alligator just blended right into the crowd. I'm sad to see all these little bits of Americana disappearing over the curvature of the earth and just into the ether. We are talking a couple of weeks ago about Blockbuster and how fun it was to go into a Blockbuster on a Friday or Saturday night. You would run into everybody you knew. That Blockbuster I used to go to was right across from the Galleria on Brentwood over by that Steak and Shake that was there. Boy, that Steak and Shake, that was a 24-hour Steak and Shake. And that was that one, remember I told you that story? About 1.30 in the morning, I think we had been to a concert or something. And then we were out with some friends and driving home i was living off clayton road at the time you're driving home and you just smell those burgers you know like we haven't eaten in six or seven hours let's stop at, at steak and shake you go in there and it looked like a casting call for a fellini movie and you're just sort of standing there and i'm standing at the counter i'm wait, waiting for my turn and i was the guy who was a few feet away flipping the burgers there's one of those really fair-skinned black guys you know you've seen them and they have Tons of freckles. Really sort of an odd-looking guy. And he's flipping burgers, and he's looking at me out of the corner of his eye. And I just sort of look away. 
I look back, he's looking at me. I look away, I look back, he's still looking at me. Now I'm starting to get a little weird about the whole thing. All of a sudden, he puts the flipper down and walks over to me and says the following. I could recognize you sometime. I looked at my wife at the time, and we just went, (laughs) couldn't control our laughter. I don't even know what that meant. I could recognize you sometime. Oh, man. Yeah, but that blockbuster, like I said, you run into everybody there. And I would always try to steer people away from the new release wall because there were so many thousands of movies that were so good. But I don't know why people just, you know, insisted on going right to that wall. I never went to the new release wall. Well, I had an advantage. I already seen a lot of the movies, but still. Or in there, I want to see something that, you know, maybe I missed along the way or maybe a classic or just something. I mean, just because Arnold Schwarzenegger had a new movie out doesn't mean I got to sit there and watch it. But Netflix ships out its final DVDs today and users get to keep them. There's a few million people still subscribing to the DVD by mail plan. First one went out by DVD in 1998. It was Beetlejuice. Is this good parenting or is this psychotic behavior? Speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger, he raised his kids with what he calls tough love. He wa- his daughter, Catherine, was leaving her shoes too close to the fireplace. So one day, Schwarzenegger just goes over there and takes the shoes and throws them into the fireplace to, I guess, teach her a lesson. And also his son was not making his bed regularly. So Schwarzenegger goes into his room, takes the mattress, and throws it out the window into the backyard. Now, you have to ask yourself the question, what did this accomplish? Okay, my my mattress is now in the backyard. Now what? I hate to bring up this Taylor Swift thing again, but I have to. Another movie, this is the third movie now that has decided to change its release date so it doesn't have to go up against the Taylor Swift concert movie. And this one is The Exorcist. You'd think that that would trump everything, The Exorcist reboot, but uh uh-uh. For a while, they actually thought about going head-to-head with it, like uh, the Barbenheimer thing, when you had Oppenheimer and the Barbie movie together, and, you know, the theaters were packed, except this one would have been called Exorswift, (laughs) which really doesn't sound good, does it? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony airs live Friday, November 3rd on ABC and Disney+. Plus. Performances by Sheryl Crow, Elton John, Dave Matthews. Jagger says, if the Rolling Stones ever sold their post-1971 music catalog, the profits would go to charity. He says his eight kids don't need the estimated $500 bucks. Let's talk a little bit about the creator. These are my least favorite kinds of movies, or at least one of my least favorite kinds of movies, the sci-fi, futuristic, action-packed, special effects, have a hard time following the plot movies. But taking that into consideration, this one isn't bad. I went in reluctantly because I'm thinking to myself, John David Washington Good actor, but is he a big enough actor to open a movie? And then in this movie, essentially, the female lead is Allison Janney. Now, Allison Janney's a great actress, and, you know, her character roles in movies and television, she's so good at it, but a lead actress in a motion picture and action film, I don't know if she can pull that off. My guess is the answer will be no. And I'm not sure how many people are going to see this movie, and one of the reasons why is I haven't heard anything about it. I went into the movie going, 
where's the publicity on this movie? I haven't seen any commercials. I haven't seen anything on the internet. What is the deal? But it's sort of nothing anywhere. Like I said, I almost ended up not going. I'm glad I did, though. I made a little, little reference to this the other day. There's a nine-year-old girl in this movie. Her name is Madeline Yuna Voiles, nine years old. And it's been a long time since I've been in a theater where I've seen a kid give a performance like this. And the amazing thing about it is she does so much of her acting with her facial expressions. She didn't even have to say anything. The kid talks with her facial expressions and her eyes. And then when she finally does start talking, it's almost not even as good. But she's so good in this. And I will say this. she does. This is a movie, like I said, seems to have been buried by the studio for whatever reason. But this kid deserves an Academy Award nomination for this performance. She's that good. And if you decide to see it, you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. As far as the plot and all that, you know, it's your typical, like I said, sci-fi futuristic thing. It is funny in these movies when uh, they say this is like uh, 50, 60 years from now. And when you start sitting around and you decide to make a movie like this, you're like, okay, well, what's going to be the same? What's going to be different? It's funny how some things are completely different. For example, the lead character in this movie has lost an arm. And so he just gets up every day and grabs this thing and it's a prosthetic arm and it's just puts it right on and it functions and looks just like a real arm. But we're still using things that look like cell phones and iPads. We're flying around all over the place. We can fly anywhere. But as you might suspect, most of the progress in terms of technology in a futuristic world like this that's being portrayed is military. But it's the first real movie that takes on the AI thing because I don't want to give too much away. But the world has been essentially taken over by artificial intelligence. You know, there's lots of moral issues and things like that. But it is very interesting the way they did it. The more I think about it, I'm, I'm puzzled as to why this movie isn't getting a little more of a push from the studio. Because I think there's something here. I'm giving it three and a half corks out of five. But the reason to see this movie is this kid. All my late-night television shows are coming back next week. Thank God. Bill Maher, for some reason tonight, is putting Ron DeSantis on. It's going to be interesting to see how he treats him. Maher has gone off the deep end. Sorry to say. If you didn't like Disney making The Little Mermaid black, oh, God, Megyn Kelly's head's going to shoot right off. They're making a new movie with Danny Glover as Santa Claus. Here we go. 55-song compilation of Tina Turner's Greatest Hits coming out November 24th. It's called Queen of Rock and Roll. Roger Waters' anti-Semitism is explored in a new online documentary called The Dark Side of Roger Waters. It doesn't say here when we're going to see it or where. I'm assuming streaming. In 1982 on this date, 41 years ago, I was living in Chicago. I had quit my job in Omaha and had moved back to Chicago because I was tired of not living in Chicago. And so I decided I'm going to quit. I'm going to move back in with my parents and I'm going to find a job in Chicago. Use it as my home base, get a job in Chicago, and then I can move out when I start making some money again. Well, you guessed it. I wasn't able to find, <laughs> wasn't able to find a job. And let me tell you, it's weird going back, trying to live in home with your parents after 10, 12 years, and you've been in college and you've been, you know, you've had complete freedom. You lived in an apartment. Now you're back home. I wouldn't recommend that, but 
Desperate times require desperate actions sometimes. But the, the reason I bring it up is because this was the whole Tylenol poisoner thing. They never caught the guy. There are people who believe that they know who did it, but they can't get enough evidence to convict him. Every once in a while in Chicago and in other places, but you know, like on the Discovery Channel or when they won those weird documentaries about unsolved mysteries and everything, they bring this up. But the Chicago police believe they know who did it. They just can't get, I almost said a nomination. Wow. Wow. My Freudian slip is showing. But this is why we have all the safety seals on consumer products. The Breaking Bad series finale aired on this date 10 years ago, 2013. Baby Blue. Andrew Dice Clay is 66 today. I interviewed him right in the middle of all the controversy, you know, because he burst onto the little Miss Moffat. I fucked her. And he was packing arenas and, you know, on TV and everybody was talking about Andrew Dice Clay. And then, as we do in this country, we started knocking him down. But in this case, he got knocked down really hard, was accused of every awful human quality that you can have and he was really hurt by this because and i heard other comedians talking about this too but you know he would show up at a comedy club somewhere to perform and all of the other comics would sit in the back row and watch and just be on the floor watching andrew dice clay's act then he got in trouble and all of those people just disappeared into thin air. And Andrew Dice Clay felt like he did not have a friend in the world. He was really bummed. And we were talking about it. It was The Adventures of Ford Fairlane was the movie. And it was more of the same type of stuff. But, you know, things had really started to turn against him. That's why I was very, very surprised to see him in the reboot of A Star Was Born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Was it groundbreaking acting? No, but he was good in it. He was fine. 66 this weekend. Eric Stoltz turning 62 on Saturday. You saw him in Mask. You saw him in, what, The Fly 2, Battlestar Galactica. He was in Pulp Fiction. And he was in Back to the Future for about two weeks. They actually shot the movie with him in the lead role, but it wasn't working. And the directors and producers fired him and brought in Michael J. Fox. But Eric Soltz was almost Marty McFly. Zach Galifianakis having a birthday on Sunday. It's to the point now where I just start laughing when I see that guy. Randy Quaid, Dennis Quaid's crazy brother, 73. Julie Andrews, 88. President Jimmy Carter has been in hospice for seven or eight months now. 99 years old on Sunday. And Mr. Steroids, Mr. I'm not here to talk about the past. Mark McGuire, 60 on Sunday. I mean, I make jokes and everything, but I have very mixed emotions about it. I, just, I don't like feeling duped. You know, I've never done that. I'm coming up on 40 years on St. Louis Radio next year, and I've never duped the audience. And a lot of my comrades, a lot of my you know competitors, colleagues, whatever you want to call them, have duped the audience. Even John, who I'm, you know, still my dear friend. John did that fake nuclear alert. Guy Phillips, they had a fake character. It was just some guy doing voices on the show. And one day they said, you know, he died. And they acted real sad. And people were like, wait a minute. That wasn't a real person. Oh, no, yes, it was. And even the Post-Dispatch called him and said, wait a minute, what's going on? And Guy Phillips said, yeah, no, no, it was real. Absolutely, it was real. 
and the Post goes with it. And, of course, it's fake. Casey stuffed the ballot box in the Rolling Stone magazine greatest radio station in the history of man contest. I've never, in almost 40 years, told you something that was false just to get a reaction like that. I just figured, how can you ever trust anybody again? I wouldn't be able to. As an audience member, I don't get any credit for that. I'm not asking for any. I'm just saying I've never done it. And after the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa thing, which was, obviously, I was there covering it every night in person. And it was the most exciting thing ever. If there was a game on and I had something else to do, I was like, you know, a radio stuck in my ear, sitting in a movie, watching a movie, but also listening to the ball game to keep track of things. I remember it was the uh, trip to uh, Chicago for the Oprah movie, Beloved. And I'm sitting in the theater watching the movie, and I got an earplug in my ear because Sammy Sosa, at that point that night, it was a Friday night, actually went past Mark McGuire. I think it was 66, and McGuire had 65. It only lasted for about two hours because then McGuire hit one later that night. And, you know, went back at least into a tie with Sammy Sosa. So you go through that whole thing and you find out that it was like almost like professional wrestling. It was all fake. And yes, yes, you have to have athletic ability. Yes, you have to have good hand-eye coordination. You can't just take some guy off the street, give him steroids, put him in the batter's box and say, now he hit 70. I understand that, but it's still cheating and it still altered the performance And, you know, I still feel duped. Now, was it fun? Like I said, absolutely. But it's just not that fun anymore when you go back and try to relive it like we do with this thing here. Swing, high fly ball in the left. That ball carries to the track. Might leave the park. He did it. A grand slam. And it's four to nothing. McGuire with number one. Stepping in the baddest box, got a plan. Forearms larger than an average man. Break another record, yeah, you bet he can. Gonna put another souvenir up in the stands. He's the king of swing, yeah, you can't pitch fast enough. Stand the man, biggest Jolt and Joe with the streak he ran. See one homer and you'll understand. Gonna send another blast into Big Mac land. Sammy came to play, but just couldn't hit enough. Just not quite as buff as that big red head we love. Mark McGuire, see the picture shaking with fear. Mark McGuire, the one pitch is hit high.
As fun as that was, imagine how much more fun it would be if it didn't have the giant asterisk next to it. All right, another J.C. Roots of Rock Sunday show coming up, brought to you by Weber Chevrolet. This and every Sunday morning from 9 to 11, it's the old stuff, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Have a lot of fun. We're going to be doing a musical salute to The Big Chill, which came out 40 years ago this weekend and still is considered to have one of the best movie soundtracks ever in the history of cinema. So we're going to be doing that and a couple of surprises along the way. As always, JC's Roots of Rock Sunday show, Sunday morning from 9 to 11 at 101.5 St. Louis, 101.7 West of Beyond, and streaming at kwolf.com. That's it. Have yourself a great weekend. Talk to you on Monday. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The JC Corcoran Podcast.